like a podcast here. Yeah, this is a Maduro. So last time you had the Connecticut. And the Maduro is different because... Sliders. <coughs> Hmm. Well, this is not a good sign. Hmm. There. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe I'll go get the uh, butane. Okay. So. Yeah, sometimes these lighters run low on the butane. Sorry for the delay, guys. We had a little technical difficulty. Fortunately, it was a, there's a low-tech low tech solution to this. Just add, add more fluid? Yeah. So let me moderate the flow a little bit. There we go. How's the draw on it? Better? Ah, lit up easily on the first try. Nice flavor. Easy draw. Yeah, it is a good draw. So how's everything been? Good. And it's uh, burn burning evenly. Yeah, I think it helps. <clears throat> This house, I think, is on the, is not on the crosswind. Mm -hmm. So even though it's a little bit breezy today, <coughs> it's not going left to right or right to left like it does. Yeah. So how's everything been at the airport? How's everything been at the airport? Oh, it's been slow. Been real slow and I was talking to one of the attendants, one of the gate attendants from Delta. I said February's gonna be worse. Hmm. What do you think's gonna happen? I don't know, I just hope they don't cut back hours like they did back in March. Yeah. <clears throat> Sales have been down, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, we were looking at uh, down 70%. It's a lot. They're saying people should uh, shop local while they can because uh, a lot of these places aren't going to be around. A lot of these places won't be around? Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, a lot of these restaurants <clears throat> that were barely hanging on anyway. Yeah. I mean, the margins are very low. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially here in Virginia. You can't, uh, <clears throat> you can't have a bar without a full-service restaurant. Yeah. So, you know, the, the bars, I mean, those are very high margin because you can, everybody goes to drink and you can... Well, how much do you think that bottle cost? I know what it costs. Between twenty-five and thirty-two bucks, probably after well, taxes. Let's say thirty-two bucks. Yeah. 
Well, they probably got a wholesale, so they probably got it for twenty-five. Yeah. And how many shots are in a in a bottle? Seven hundred fifty milliliters. So I don't know what the conversion is on that, but <clears throat> you could probably get twenty shots, maybe thirty, maybe 30? twenty-five to thirty. Uh, it's been a long time since I've been to a, a, a drinking establishment, but they what charge ten dollars a shot. Probably. I mean, I don't. You know, I mean, yeah, when so I was at when I was at the uh, right there. So you're right. It's high. You know, your grandfather once said, "If a bar goes out of business, they're doing something wrong." Yeah. I mean, I think when I was in Colorado, it was almost two years ago. I think it was eight bucks for a pour of uh, Maker's Mark, which is a little bit more expensive than this. And it was the airport, so it's probably more expensive. Yeah. Need a little touch up on that. There you go. That's good. I think it's just uh, that bottom piece just needs to go down a little bit more. But in Maryland, this is of course back in the day. You had a bar, and you serve. Like maybe burgers and a cheese steak and maybe pizza, mm -hmm. fries. Yeah. If you managed it right, you'd be successful. Maybe have a live venue on Friday night. Yeah. But I mean, like you can, you can run it that way. You know, low margins. Mm -hmm. I mean, high margins, I should say. And uh, you don't have people, you know, complaining about. Uh, the food sucks. Send it back, kind of, kind of thing. No shows and things like that. So, you know, it's it's going to be hard for a lot of these restaurants. Yeah. The guy across the street here was. I was talking to him, and he's like breaking even. He said, "I'm happy with that." Well, there's a guy across the street who runs a restaurant. Yeah. Hmm. Which, yeah, I think, you know, he was kind of like, he's stressing out because, you know, it's his livelihood. Yeah, and it's very hard to make any money anyway in the restaurant business. A lot of them go under. Let's say the first year, 90% of the rest restaurants go out of business. I think it's when within three years, it's like 99% or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you run a run a restaurant and survive five years, and you're doing something right. Yeah, but even that's no guarantee you're gonna last. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, even here in the marketplace down the road, you know, even the chains, Noodles, Noodles and Company left. Remember? Yeah. And um, Boston Market left. Mm -hmm. And. Um, Noodles and noodles? No, not that's Noodle Company. Noodle Company. But um, the other one, the cafe, Corner Bakery. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, so even the chains aren't gonna be able to survive. You know, maybe if you can do drive-through or do, you know, something that's. Well, I wonder if some of it has to do with the fact that people are looking for a local cuisine that is. I mean, well, some are, but a lot of restaurants are going to go out of business, though. Yeah. Well, look up to you. 
at the mall, um, macaroni no longer there. Are there any macaroni grills anywhere? Yeah. And and also, um, there used to be Uno's, and then it was something else, and then it was another. The Uno Harvest one. Place, yeah. That was gone. Yeah, that didn't last very long. That was before COVID; it went out of business. And um, Chuck E. Cheese is Chapter Eleven. Well, that's a breeding ground for germs. Period. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, this um, I think people still want to go out to eat. I think people, you know, but it, the restaurants have to offer something special. Yeah, but I mean, it's tough for a lot of these businesses. You know, you got to wonder how long a lot of them are gonna are gonna stay in business. I wonder how Books a Million and Barnes and Noble are gonna survive. Although yeah. the independent bookstores are doing okay. Yeah, the ones that have found a niche. Yeah. Like. But even those, those don't, some of them had the, the book signings and stuff, which you can't do because of COVID. Well, like politics and prose, I mean, they, they have a niche. Um, there's another one, do you see, that has a niche? The ones that, or the, in the independent bookstore that's out in Portland, they have a niche. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, being down 70% is a lot. Well, you know, well the, my company's really watching their pennies and dimes. I mean, they no, just... I'm sure they are. There's very few companies who are sitting on cash, you know? Yeah. I mean, I know Apple famously was a couple of years ago. I remember at work they were talking about it, how... Apple was sitting on, I don't know, how, however many millions of dollars it was sitting on in cash. Um, you know, some of them, some of them were sitting on on some cash, but not very many. Not very much. And you know, a billion dollars sounds like a lot. It can go in quickly if it's not managed right. Yeah. It's true. So, um, supposedly Trump, uh, there's talk about Trump pardoning, uh, Snowden. You did what? I said there's talk about Trump pardoning, uh, Snowden. Yeah, he's pardoning everybody. Because he thinks, you know, if he doesn't pardon them, they're going to sing like a canary. No, but Snowden. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, there's been talk about this for for a while now, but apparently it's uh, pissed off the right people. Who, uh, Trump? Oh, Snowden? The idea of pardoning him. Oh. Well. You know, Snowden did rip off the Band-Aid. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, their critique is that he ran to Russia, allegedly, despite the fact that he's only in Russia because we revoked his passport. Well, he wanted to go to Ecuador. But how did that work for um, somebody else? 
went to Ecuador. Talking about Assange? Julian Assange? Yeah. But he didn't go to Ecuador. He was in the Ecuador uh, embassy. Oh, okay. And he was kicked out. I mean, in some ways, maybe Russia was the only place Snowden could have gone and stayed safe because maybe Ecuador would have caved under pressure and turned him over. Well, the problem with Trump and his pardon, you have to wonder what's the transaction. Because Trump only does things that's, that's on a transactional basis. I mean, if it gets Snowden to come home and speak even more publicly than he has already, I think it's worth it. Is Trump expecting him to, to say, yeah, the Russia, it was a Russian hoax? I mean, the thing that gets me is that Clapper lied under oath to the uh, to Congress, including to a a senator, I think, yeah, Senator Ron Wyden, who knew Clapper was lying, but he couldn't say that because it was classified information that he was lying, and there's no no um, no repercussions for it. But if you or I lied under oath to Congress, we'd be uh, Put in shackles and uh, never to see the light of day again. Well, it's it's not who you know, but who you blow. Maybe. Can you say that on the podcast? You can say whatever we want. Oh, okay. You can say all the words you can't say on television. But um, I don't know. I'm funny feeling that Trump will, if he pardons him, because he's expecting something in return. Yeah, but what can what can Snowden realistically do for Trump? Not to Trump. So he'll. But for who? I don't know. I mean, even if he talk, I mean, the, the, the like the, the thing that I think pisses people off about Trump is that he he says stuff that you're not supposed to say. You know, and yeah, a lot of times he's wrong or he's stupid or he's saying something insensitive or whatever, but. People don't like that he's saying the things that the career people don't want you to say. Well, Jake Paper had an editorial and he said, you know, I, I need, we need to thank Trump for basically saying stuff that people won't say. Or get people to say stuff that they wouldn't normally say. Yeah. I mean... I think there's a lot of contempt for regular people and there's this kind of insider versus outsider mentality with a lot of these career people who Trump didn't come out of you know and it's a lot of you know a lot of it mirrors some of the traditional media mm-hmm. you know people who run like podcasts or like infowars like uh, Alex Jones and stuff oh, he's a jerk well yeah but i'm saying that like he didn't come out of the traditional power centers of journalism you know he didn't have a show on CNN or any of that stuff well that's the thing about the, this podcast and the internet is that people can have their own TV show basically yeah and then what's, what's, what's it's morphed into is echo chambers yes but the regular media is already one of those I mean there's never really any real cross-examination of Obama or 
Biden or any of these guys. Oh, you just don't like the Obama, do you? I don't like any of them. But there's no conversation that needs to be had. And they need to have it. I don't think anybody could hear you over the roar of the uh, airplane. But you gotta wonder where the airplane's heading these days. Well, yeah. But, I mean, the people in the media, if you're supposed to think that you're, your job is to ask difficult questions, find the difficult story, speak truth to power, you know, say things that nobody else is going to say, and a lot of people are afraid of doing that, or they don't want to rock the boat, or they don't want to lose access, right? Because you have, you know, a cozy relationship with somebody in the Pentagon or somebody at the NSA or the CIA or wherever, you're not going to ask difficult questions because you don't want to lose that access. Well, I have to wonder if Watergate would happen today. Not just Watergate, but, <clears throat> you know, with the whole concept of impeaching a president and removing him from power exist today. I mean, yeah, we impeached Trump, but nobody ever seriously thought about removing him from power. Same thing with Clinton, same thing with... Well, I think we knew he'd be impeached, but no one thought that he, that, that he would ever be removed. It would have mm -hmm. to be so, so much... Have to, I would have to be so damning. Yeah. That well, I, I just think what the reality is is that for any politician or public official, short of literally shooting somebody in the street themselves there's no repercussions if you break the law it, it's it's as long as you're in public service or as long as you're connected with the right people as soon as you cross that boundary then maybe you risk something but you know i mean it's like <clears throat> a lot of it is that there's so many diffuse parts that when you put it together it's one big problem but when you can just pass the buck and say, well, it was somebody else, but we can't tell you who that somebody else was because classified can't release who's doing what. Yeah. You know, which is, part of me is, part of me thinks that the, probably the United States doesn't even care anymore about Snowden. Because nothing right. changed. Well, I think you're right. No one, he's old news. I think you're right about that. No one cares about him. Yeah. But I mean, nothing, you know, it's all, nothing changed. He's irrelevant. Yeah, nothing Nothing changed as a result of the things that he revealed. It's a lot of fi fire right there, huh? Yeah. Deflectors again? Yeah. Hmm. Ooh. Reminds me of uh, Tom Hanks in uh, Castaway. My own 
it's one way to keep warm, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, that's part of me what thinks that no one really cares about him anymore. Like you said, he's old school and he's old news. He was never really charged with a crime, was he? Yes. Oh, he was. He okay. charged on the Espionage Act. Not convicted. And that's that's one of the reasons why he said he didn't want to come back to face the music, quote-unquote, because under the Espionage Act, um, you can't have an affirmative defense. You know, like, you know, if you, if you are under trial for murder, you can use as a defense, you know, with self-defense or, you know, whatever. I fear for my life. Yeah. But in a, a situation with the Espionage Act, you can't say, oh, I did this because it was in the interest of the, the public having a debate about these things that they never had a chance to debate. Well, I think, um, I think Snowden, I'll give him credit, he ripped the, the Band-Aid off some dubious government practices, you know? Well, I was thinking about that because, you know, the the movie Enemy of the State, remember that movie? Is that with, um, Will Smith and Gene Hackman? Is that where the, they, they look for um, a cell, a terrorist cell? No, no, that was when um, somebody at the NSA had a senator or a congressman assassinated under the guise of, of it being an accident, a heart attack, or whatever, <clears throat> right? Mm -hmm. And um, they didn't know that there was a nature camera opposite of where the assassination took place, and so they realized, oh shit, this person has a tape of the of the murder, and the guy is being chased, so he runs into Will Smith's character, who was his old college buddy, just total random. You know, slips the tape into Will Smith's bags, Christmas shopping bags, and then books. The guy dies, Will Smith has this tape unknowingly, and the NSA is going after Will Smith, trying to... But he doesn't know why. He doesn't know why until he eventually discovers why, all this stuff. <coughs> and then... Um, but the, the whole point is that they assassinated this congressman because he was opposed to warrantless wiretapping, surveillance, all this stuff. Right? And that was made in 1998. Well, what about? So, it's, it's weird that they were thinking about this stuff well before it was, you know, 15, yeah, 15 years before it even came to light from Snowden and more before anybody really even contemplated about giving up your your rights for um, for the illusion of, of security, right? Yeah. And the other crazy thing is John Voight's character, who is the main bad guy, his birthday in that, because they were talking about, you know, they went over his personnel file or whatever, he was born 9-11. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was like, that is really, that is really eerie. 
I mean, it, you know, it's, I'm sure total coincidence. I mean, there's only 365 days somebody can be born on. Well, 366 with a leap year, but now. That's weird. I just, that's, um, that's, um, on Netflix too, I think. I mean, let's still have to watch that. I think I saw it, it was on HBO. It might be on Netflix too, who knows. Wasn't there another enemy of the state? I think that's, I think there's something called the enemy within. But I, I think that's something different. But I think you're thinking of the siege. Okay. With this, the sleeper cell in New York City, and they have to go after him, Denzel Washington, and all that stuff. Which is another one that's very similar. Um, with the parallels to you know, torture and you know detaining people without, without warrants and, and all this stuff. Um, you know, but I just, it, it's very interesting that such a movie like that would be made. I don't know that we've made any more. You know, there's a, speaking of Enemy of the State, there's a story that was on, I think it was on NPR. There's a town in California that's using, it might be San Diego, using drones. So as soon as you call 911, they, they send a drone out. Hmm. And, um, the example they gave how how it was beneficial was that someone called 911 and said there was a guy at 7-Eleven waving what looked like a gun around, right? Right. So they sent the drone up before the police got there and they were able to figure out that this guy actually had a cigarette lighter. Mm. So they say, see, you know, the police would have gone there with the incomplete information expecting the gun. It could have been deadly consequences. Right. So, turn out they arrested the guy anyway because he had drug paraphernalia. Yeah, well. So. God forbid you have drug paraphernalia. So. Couldn't then, anything be drug para, 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 what, paraphernalia now anyway? Sure, I'm sure cigarette wrappers could be well, drug paraphernalia. Yeah, anything could. Uh, but, they're saying, see, it works because... It de-escalated the situation before it got out of hand, and blah, 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 blah. That gave police real-time information. Mm. So, and then there's also another story where it's, uh, someone called at 911 on a tip that this guy was in a car. Uh, it turned out to be an ex-con, but he was um, selling drugs out of his car. Mm. So, so they, the guy from the, they had the interview the guy from the ACLU come yeah. on. And guys, <coughs> of course, the police are going to broadcast their success stories, but there's ramifications here that they could send a drone up and just happen to eavesdrop on anybody. That's true. They could. <coughs> I think part of the problem with all this is the the police have too many things to enforce. If you really only limited the police to murder and theft and assault and said, look, anything else, you know. Take it up with insurance. Take it up with whatever. We'd have a lot fewer problems. Well, you're asking the police to do um, mental illness stuff too, and they're not equipped for that. Shit, most of the time, uh, professionals aren't equipped, aren't equipped for that. I mean, let's face it, the police. I mean, they 
look at like eight hours, it's probably like a ten hour shift. They come across a bomb that could take hours to dissolve. Do you think they're gonna be like, oh, we'll just sit here and wait for uh, you know, the guy to fall asleep or something? Nah, they were like, I'll <coughs> take this guy and the problem solved. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, felons, supposedly uh, Lil Wayne is uh, facing uh, potential time in prison for uh, illegal uh, firearms uh, possession. Lil Wayne, uh, oh, really? rap artist, hip hop artist, whatever you want to call him. Why don't they go after the Proud Boys? Well, it sounds to me like it's kind of bullshit. You know, if you're if you're good enough to be free, then you should be good enough to have voting rights, to have gun ownership rights. Like, why why do you give that up if you already served your time? Oh, you served time, right? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, he's an ex-con. Right. It's the same. I guess it's the same story. Why they don't give them voting rights? Right. That's what I just said. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, I don't want anybody to vote, but. But even even so, I mean, the idea that you would uniquely have to restrict rights to people who <coughs> went to prison and then were allowed to be out, like, that should be it. Well, here's a... We're going to talk about disenfranchisement. Florida passed a law that said that ex-cons, when they serve their time, mm-hmm. as long as they're in good standing, mm-hmm. they can vote. Right. The legislature, which is controlled by Republicans, by the way, mm-hmm. and I'm sure the Democrats would probably do come up with their own voter suppression. But the Republicans yeah. said, "Well, you have to pay any debts that you owe, owe the state," which means that they were charging people in prison time <coughs> while they're in prison, like the food and the right. a bed. So they said. If you don't pay your debt, you can't vote. Right. Well, the problem is they couldn't figure out what... Basically a poll tax. Hmm? Basically a poll tax. Basically a poll tax. But, they, but the, the, then the, the problem is there was no record keeping on how on what to charge these people. Right. You can't retroactively do that. <clears throat> well, the Republicans did. All right. They said, well, you can't, you can't um, vote because you owe money. Well, how much money do I owe? Well, we don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that they would, their their excuse, they may not say this, but I think their concern is, oh, well, if we let felons vote, we'll never win an election because they won't vote for us, which is circular exactly logic. What it's, self, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, really. It's the same thing they say with immigrants. We can't let these immigrants in because they won't vote Republican ever, which if you say that, then of course they're not going to vote Republican because they know you don't want them. No. It's all about power and control. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got their own version of it, but... And I think it's ironic that here in the United States, we, we take pride in being having free and fair elections, and we, we cast aspersions on any government that... Not only cast aspersions, sometimes we inter- intercede. Right. So I just go back to remember when Iraq, when I had vote, people were hold, proudly holding their fingers up saying, because they dyed their fingers in purple, right. so they voted. Right. People were proudly hanging their fingers up saying, I voted. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that 
you know, for me, I mean, I'm I'm very much in in the um, abolish prison camp. Um, you know, just just get rid of it. It's it's not working for anybody. You know, make them make restitution. Make it a civil issue. You know, you stole from me. Okay, you got to pay me back. You killed my family member. All right, here's the here's what the you know what I should be paid back for it. Because otherwise, and and you know, and people will say, well, the person might victimize somebody else. Maybe, but at that, that point, they're a marked person. And the next time they try to do that, they're probably going to get themselves shot. Yeah, but I think um, I think our country is based on Judeo-Christian values, and for those, for those people who say we you know we should not allow Muslims in government office because they're going to put in effect a Sharia law, right? And I was like, and I laugh because we base our laws on the Ten Commandments. Hmm, maybe I mean. Some people would argue to the contrary, but it's neither here nor there. It's neither here nor there. I mean, I think, I think what it is implicit in that, and what people should, what should make people think is, if you're so worried that if the wrong people get into office, that they're going to overturn things, maybe the foundation of your society is not as sound as you think. Well. Which, right, the, the Constitution is supposed to be ironclad. Then it shouldn't matter who you have in office because they have constitutional limits. They can only do so many things. But which, what, they, what the statement of if we have the wrong person or we let the wrong people do this or that, it makes, makes, should make people think maybe it's not actually that strong. I will say that... This last episode with uh, the attempt to overturn the will of the people, the ju- the it worked because the balance of power worked because the judge, the judicial system said no. Well, yeah, but that's in a very overt way. But there's lots of ways to, you know, do it underneath the the covers, so to speak. You know, if the if the public officials, congressmen, you know, if they do things that are unconstitutional, but it never comes to the light of day. Well, that's why I think you have organizations. I remember growing up, the ACLU was branded as a communist thing, and I was like, wait a minute, they're the ones that are making sure. Kind of that- ironic that. canoeing a little bit. See what I'm saying? Just let it burn for a second. Yeah. We blow on the blow on the head. The Yeah. Do you rotate it when you uh No that I don't do. I don't I haven't got a I haven't developed that technique yet. Well you just rotate it, make sure that you know enough sides are getting are getting airflow, because mm-hmm. heat rises. So if you only smoke on one on one side, could also be a defect in that particular cigar. But I mean, mine's smoking relatively evenly. 
then for one minute I'm gonna I'm gonna put season I'm gonna put barbecue sauce on one rib. Yep. And then we'll start with the hot dogs and the grass. Yeah. So um anyway. But I mean if if you know public officials and elected officials, you know, break the law and do things that are unconstitutional. That's why public officials should be held to a higher standard. <coughs> right, but they're not. Because the potential of abuse is greater. Hmm. Well, like you were saying, they say, oh, you, you know, quote-unquote communist, which is funny, because, which is funny they, because they cut their teeth with the Skokie, Illinois case with literal Nazis. Remember? Well, they're the ones that are watchdogs to prevent the abuse of, of government from overstepping their bounds. Freedom of speech... Right, but I mean, the, the case that they made their name on was the Skokie, Illinois case, mm -hmm. right, with the Nazis that were marching through a Jewish neighborhood. They were literal Nazis. Well, they made their case before that, too, I think. Yeah, but that's the one that they're most known for as far as, like, when the ACLU really hit the big time. It was the Skokie, Illinois, you know, neo-Nazis that were marching through the Jewish neighborhood. And if they're so-called communists, it's funny that they defended actual Nazis. Well, I mean, I, I I don't agree with some of the cases they take, but at the bottom of the end of the day, they <laughs> they make sure that the government doesn't overstep it. We got a little bit of flare up there. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, you got to have a good grill to be able to, <clears throat> you know, consistently. Uh, not have flare-ups, right? <clears throat> no. John, I think one of the, and I know you don't agree with it, but I think we are really lucky to live in this country where freedom of speech is kind of like sacred thing yeah for now and be able to worship as long as you don't kill people or make human sacrifices that you can you know worship the way you want to worship unless you want to go to church during during a uh, pandemic then the governors are going to try to stop you well You know, public safety, I don't know. I, I think public safety sometimes like like a pandemic. I understand the concern because you don't want the hospital to be overwhelmed. Which means that... True, but then isn't that a problem with the way you've set up the hospital system? I mean, if somebody willingly wants to take a risk with his or her life, I mean, at the end of the day, they ought to have that, that choice. Even if you disagree with the choice. You know, it doesn't matter if it's a pandemic or somebody goes skydiving or, you know. Plays football. Well, you know, one of the reasons why the Colts left um, Baltimore... Because of a pandemic? No. <laughs> yeah, they left Baltimore, speaking of 
religion, relig um, religious um, reasons restricting things is that there's a law in the books in Baltimore City that baseball games and football games cannot play it after two until two o'clock. Mm. So in NFL, all the games start at one o'clock. Yeah. So they would have to have all their games at four. Yeah, it became a money thing. Right. Who'd want to go to? Who's going to broadcast a game at two o'clock? That meant that they couldn't broadcast a game that came in. Well, they could play it at four. But football games take three hours to play. Yeah, they have four o'clock games now. Right, so they have four o'clock games then too. But two to five—that means that the four o'clock game couldn't be. Played. Why didn't they push the one o'clock to four? But they, the the legislature in Annapolis said they were bound to the religious pressures. Right, they couldn't play until two. Right. So instead of playing at one, they could play at four. But then no one. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. just push all the games to 4 o'clock. But the network didn't want to do that. Because that means... I mean, that would have happened now anyway. <laughs> I mean, the NFL is even more of an iron fist than it was back then. Yeah. I mean, there's just no going outside the deviation. I mean, look at how they hemmed and hawed with this whole COVID thing. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't set up a bubble. They didn't set up... But you got to remember, too, this is back when... NBC decided to air Heidi and cut away from that, that famous game. Yeah, but I mean, th that would never happen now. And the NFL is such a big... Moneymaker. Moneymaker, it's such a big business, it's such a big organization that they can push their weight around and get what they want. And well, I was just going to say, that's the reason why they moved to Indianapolis. Because Indianapolis said, we do one o'clock games, no problem. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, there's all kinds of stuff that happens with that stuff, right? Because, like... You know, Modell, supposedly when he moved the Ravens, and this is before my time, but when he moved the Browns to Baltimore to become the Ravens, supposedly, I don't know what the truth of this is, but he wanted a multi-purpose stadium so that he could continue to charge rent to the, uh, to the Indians. Well, they gave him a sweetheart deal, no doubt about that. Yeah, but I mean, like, the Cleveland, the city of Cleveland agreed to give him a new stadium. But he supposedly wanted a multi-purpose stadium. Really? Oh, so, they could charge so that he could charge rent to the Indians. So if they had like um, like a concert, he could, he could say we're going to charge, we're going to do rent to the concert. Well, not only that, but to the Indians. So there would be the Cleveland Indians would play there too. But because he would be the, you know, custodian or the owner, I guess, of the stadium, he and the Cleveland Browns could charge rent to the Cleveland Indians to play there. And Cleveland was going to give the Indians their own stadium and the Browns their own stadium, which would cut off that rev revenue stream. Now, <clears throat> of course, he didn't get a multi-purpose stadium in Baltimore anyway. But I guess that it was a good enough deal that... Rent free. You got to rent free. Yeah. I mean, that's... What kind of a deal? I mean, that's a sweetheart deal right there. And the Orioles got rent free. Yeah. You know, but you see these kind of things all the time, you know, where... 
you know, San Diego voted down a proposal to give the Chargers a new stadium, so they left to L.A. St. Louis left to uh, to L.A. I mean, the, the Rams left from St. Louis to L.A. And now the, yeah, Oakland Raiders moved to Vegas. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows, but... Which brings up another question. Pete Rose. The whole, whole, whole lot of reason why they didn't want to move a team to Vegas because of gambling. gambling. Mm-hmm. So here we have Pete Rose. Yeah. Who gambled. Who should be in the Hall of Fame, by the way. Yep. Baseball, unfortunately, has a um, character clause. I mean, he, he was the face of the... I remember, he was the face of Cincinnati. I mean... <coughs> Something Monson. tells me he's going to make it in, but only after he dies. Because they don't want to give him the satisfaction. I, you know. Because they're pissed off at him? Yeah, because, you know. And he was a good manager, too. Well, yeah. I mean, he did some things at the end, but... Such he had gambling. winning teams. Yeah. I mean, there's probably a lot of shady shit that goes on. I mean, Tim Donaghy, uh, you know, coming out and saying that, you know, gambling was pretty widespread. Of course it is. Fixing is widespread. Even, even, um, the CBS? What, what, what station is Bradshaw on? That's Fox, Fox right? Yeah. They had this $100,000, um, payday every week. They talk about, you know, payday thousand a hundred thousand and you bet on you, you yeah but supposedly team execs and uh coaches are not betting on the players aren't betting on that yeah i'll believe that when i see i i'll believe that when i see cows dancing across the, the moon hmm. i mean i suppose somebody could give somebody money and have them do it right yeah i mean what's the difference I, I guess, you know, it, it has to do with the integrity of the game and making sure that people aren't going to, to lose or to, you know, for the sake of doing all that stuff. Well, and that kind of reminds me of, like, <clears throat> the whole COVID situation with the Ravens. Speaking of, you know, competition and, and all that, <clears throat> a lot of people were saying the Ravens should have to forfeit that game game was that? The one against the Steelers that got pushed back from Thanksgiving. Pushed back like uh, six days. Oh, okay. It got pushed back to Tuesday? A Wednesday. Wednesday. But I think what people forget is is that the NFL has made commitments to have a certain number of games and the idea that you're going to get paid broadcasting rights for a game that never happened is not realistic comes down to money. Yeah. So they weren't going to make the Ravens forfeit. And I think that they were <coughs> trying... Well, look at the the Broncos game when they made him play with no quarterback. Yeah, which... They didn't handle that right either. They should have pushed that one back. Yeah, but because of the commitments and the timing, and they couldn't... Well, and it goes back to they had time to prepare mm-hmm. for the situation, right? The whole COVID situation was playing out in March and April and May and June, 
with these other sports, right? Baseball didn't get started till late. Basketball took a break. You know, <clears throat> hockey took a break. NCAA tournament was canceled. All this stuff, right? So they had a chance to figure out what they wanted to do to, to make sure that they got the season off without a hitch. And so far, they've at least gotten all the games in, even though they've gotten them in kind of haphazardly. But they had, a, they had an opportunity to do it better, and they didn't seem to take that time that they had to prep. They didn't seem to have done it as well as they could have. This whole season has been kind of wacky. Yeah, but I mean, at least they got the games in. Like, you can say that they at least got the games in. But it just seems like... Even though they had all the ample opportunity to get it to get it right without these issues, they, they just didn't do it. You'll be telling your grandkids about this season. Assuming football's still around, who knows? Yeah. Football will be around. They'll be playing with robots instead. Maybe. I mean, people don't really watch boxing and horse racing as much as they used to. Yeah. Well, you know. No, they've gone to UFC. I don't even think UFC is as big as boxing was back in the 50s and 60s. It's big, but it's not as big, I don't think. Uh, yeah, because I, I don't think people like to see people get beat up. Maybe. I think it's also, there's just... <clears throat> the stats, you can't keep stats the same way. and it doesn't transfer as well, maybe, to the video game world. Mike Tyson did a pretty good job with uh, his um Of course, he made a mistake when he said because he was getting a lot of money with royalty wise, which is um, Nintendo boxing game. Yeah. When he said, "No, I don't want to do it anymore," he lost a lot of money with that. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Right. So what do you think about these uh, these sticks, these Brickhouse... Uh, this is a nice stick. Yeah. Maduro, nice stick. It's a uh, Brickhouse. Yeah. So. And Brickhouse, and the one I had last week was pretty nice too. Yeah, and the good news about these is that these are relatively inexpensive. They're, I think, six bucks a stick, which, <clears throat> I mean, it's it's money but I mean it's there are some sticks that go for you know twelve thirteen dollars on up and I think like Davidoff's go for like twenty to twenty to thirty dollars a stick and that's out of my range. Maybe if I had like a really special occasion I would try try one. Christmas. Yeah, yeah maybe. maybe. Maybe for our Christmas podcast we should uh invest in a thirty dollar stick and say, hmm, is it worth thirty dollars in smoke? But I've been I've been trying to find something that I would not mind getting a whole box of, and I think these are a contender. 
mean, it's got a good draw. I got good okay. amount of smoke. It does have a good draw. I didn't have yeah. to work. Didn't have to work like some of the ones. The flavor is good. It's not too bitter or acidic or, you know, because sometimes you smoke something and it's like, Oof, this is, this is funky. Um, you know, and sometimes I look for, you know, if I go to a cigar shop, I'll look for something unique, like something off the wall, maybe it's got a tapered, a tapered foot, or, you know. It'd be neat to go to a, a, a cigar um, place to see how they make cigars. Yeah, I mean, they uh, let travel back to Cuba, maybe, you know. And they actually have people who, who um, grade tobacco leaves by yeah. smoking them. Yeah. What a, what a nice maybe job. Maybe we could, uh, maybe in the summertime, we can go to the uh, the Oscar uh, place in uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Well, they, 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 they have a place in Pittsburgh? Yeah, that's where Oscar... Uh, they have a, their company headquarters, um, Oscar, is in uh, Pittsburgh. They, they're the ones that have the uh, the cigars that are wrapped in tobacco leaves instead of cellophane. Oh, that was a good smoke, too. Yeah, yeah. They, they're unfortunately kind of pricey. They're like anywhere from 9 to 13 bucks a stick, unfortunately. You know, someone's um, suggested that uh, you're finding all these... Now, this is something I haven't done, and I need to do this. A journal of all the cigars that we that we smoked and write yeah. down the cigar and what we thought of it. Yeah, the tasting notes and all that stuff, yeah. Get a uh, little diary or journal. Yeah. Yeah, I think you might need a new light. Is it still, still going? Okay. So anyway, we got five minutes left. Any parting uh, thoughts? Yeah, I, I think um, when Trump made an announcement that you know that the, justice, the Supreme Court justice would, would should stand up and make the right decision and all that stuff, and I think he did. The Supreme Court, thank you for standing up and making the right decision. Yeah, there's a frivolous lawsuit and the will of you shouldn't disenfranchise 10 million people just because you lost. Do you think um, the states that uh, didn't didn't like it should uh, exit the premises if they uh, they don't like they should, it? They should just suck it up and say, "Hey, they, you have no right to to um, the state's right thing." Yeah, but I mean, like, what if, so let's say Texas is like, yeah, I don't like the way the Supreme Court ruled, so we're out, we're done, we're out of the Union, see you later. We had a civil war on that. That doesn't work. Isn't that might, rake, besides, might makes right? Besides, besides, you know, I think Texas, they don't, I don't think they realize how much they'd lose if they left the Union. I mean, Maybe. all the government stuff that they get, handout they get. But you can make the same, you can make that same argument about the former Soviet republics, right? I mean, like, imagine if 1991 came about and Georgia and Azerbaijan and Lithuania and all these other places, they, they declared independence and they left, but the Soviet Union decided to roll tanks in and uh, take them over. 
how would how would you how would you react? I think most people would say, "Ah, oh, that's that's not right." But if it happened here, people are like, "Yeah, of course, the union is forever." <laughs> right? It's kind of a double standard. Well, I think it it it, it all has to come down to the world of people. You know, yeah, I see what you're saying, but it's a thought. I think um. E pluribus unum, out of many, one. And yeah, but what if those what if those many don't want to be part of the one? Where does the line end and where does it begin? I mean, there's a lot of... <clears throat> it's not just about Texas. I mean, there's a lot of uncomfortable realities about the way we took Hawaii, for example. We overthrew, we overthrew a, a sovereign, right? Queen Lilikalani. We, we overthrew her and, and basically forced Hawaii to be part of the United States. Well, there's there's a, an uncomfortable reality with that that people don't want to recognize. Wasn't that the Dole brothers, the Dole family, came in and yeah, something like that. I kind of forget the whole history. But anyway, <clears throat> it's just something to think about um, going forward, and maybe we can delve deeply into that next time. Yeah, I think you know, but I think it has to do with the contract. It's a, it's a contract. Yeah, but who signs the contract? people who signed it are dead and some of them didn't sign it willingly put a gun to somebody's head and say sign the contract and it wouldn't hold up in court what kind of was that what, what kind of was held but interesting to your point and I know we got two minutes left is that most of the military bases are based in oh wait a minute former confederate states yeah military occupation maybe yeah, yeah. something to think about until next time, we'll uh, we'll delve into that.